Once you go cable radio, you never go back. Exclusively on cable TV, CRN, the cable radio network, the radio channel. A simple binary code transmitted by carrier wave signal. Radio. Radio, the final frontier. These are the adventures of the radio show, Talk Trek. Its mission, to take fans and boldly go where no radio show has gone before. From New York to California and everywhere in between, welcome to the one and only call-in Trek show, Talk Trek, the convention on the air. Now here's your host, Joyce Mason. Evening, gentle beings, and how are you all doing tonight? Hope you had a good week. I had a good one. Things are better tonight. Darren is here, and Dave, I think, is coming. He's on his way. He said he'd be on his way. Yeah, so don't lock the doors upstairs because he may get here. So we'll leave those unlocked to him and let him kind of sneak in. Uh, Evie was going to come in, but uh, uh, something came up at the last minute, and she wasn't oh, able to make it. That's too bad. Yeah, otherwise the whole group would have been back. But, Darren, you're here, <laughs> and I'm here, and Trek is here. Slowly they're trickling and in. more important, our listeners are here. Yes. <laughs> and that's, oh, I had a terrific week, I have to tell you. A lot of, a lot of interesting things were happening. Well, at least I thought they were interesting. Uh, we had a little interview with Us Magazines. So listen, you guys, keep your eye out for the uh, March-April edition, which will be out in about two weeks. Wow. Because there's uh, a little mention about Talk Trek in it. I don't think they're going to give us a lot of coverage. You mean no two-page spread like the uh, no, fan club magazine? No. Listen, just to get our name in Us, Us Magazine is important. <laughs> because, uh, you know, we're really trying very hard to uh, get our radio show syndicated. Right. Now, the reason we want to do it, just for you guys that are new to... Uh, Talk Trek is because once we're syndicated, we would be on regular radio stations in addition to CRN and in addition to being being picked up by uh, the uh, satellite uh, stations. So we would be in effect uh, to be be able to go everywhere, uh, whether people had cable radio or not, that's right, cable television or not, and that would be just great. But it's not an easy thing to do. Not at all. No, it's it's really hard. So the more uh, the more help we get. Uh, in the way of uh, little little spots in uh, magazines or big spots in some magazines, mm -hmm. the better off we are. Every bit helps. Every little bit helps. And, you know, talking about that, here's something that, uh, that you guys could do that would help us considerably, and that would be to call your local radio station, uh, your, especially your AM stations, which are where you'll find the talk shows, and ask them when they're going to have talk track on. If nothing else... You're bound to at least pique their interest. Right, and they'll start wondering what Talk Trek is, which is what we want them to do. Yes, and then when they get our literature, they'll say, oh, this is that fabulous convention on the air that we keep hearing about. That's right, the one that's sweeping the nation. Well, actually, you know, we really are. Do you know, do you know we are in two and a half million homes? That's a phenomenal figure if you just think about it. But by comparison to the radio waves, it doesn't around, it, it's not that big big a deal. Well, but for us, it's I, a big I deal. I wouldn't say it's not a big deal. Well, the for us, is it huge. is. It is as far as we're concerned. That's right. It's tremendous. But I just mean when you consider the thousands and thousands and thousands of radio stations that are out there and the fact that they're, they're, they're reaching 150, 200 million people, 2 million, it's still a big deal. Yes. <laughs> No matter how you slice and don't it. don't one of you turn out, turn this off. Not one. So anyway, so we had that, we had that little thing going. I also uh, did an interview. This isn't going to help us any as far <laughs> as uh, the United States is concerned. But I had an interview, a little interview with uh, a, um, a TV guide in Quebec, Canada. Really? Yes. And uh, that was mostly dealing with Bill Shatner. But hopefully they'll mention something about Talk Trek. I always manage to slip that in. <laughs> But it was kind of interesting because what I did like very much about this article, and I'm looking forward to getting a copy of it, is not because of Talk Trek, but because this particular writer intends to write about uh, how Star Trek has changed people's lives. And that's a very positive thing and also very unusual. V as you know, as we all know, very few people uh, in the uh, civilized world, as they consider themselves, the civilians yes. talk in a positive frame when it comes to uh, Star Trek. Well, they're coming around slowly, but surely. If they surely. come around any more slowly, it'll be the 21st century <laughs> or the 23rd century. 
So anyway, we're going to be sending out packages out to syndicators. So you guys do what you can, and we'll do what we can, and we'll see what happens. So what else? What else? Oh, I know. Uh, uh, we need you. We really need your help. We really, really do. We are looking for some original works that we can do on the show, some plays. I mean, uh, like a vignettes. Uh, some creative writing, yes. uh, radio play type uh, material? Like we did once before. Yes, a oh, long time ago. Not more than ago. 45 minutes, because yes. we have to have a few minutes to, to play with it, you know? Right. So it can't exceed 45 minutes, so we have to have a certain Pre amount of editing right. Preferably around uh, half an hour yeah. or so. Right. But uh, and, and here's, you cannot use Star Trek characters that That's are right. in existence today, because Paramount won't allow it. But you can invent your own characters. Right. And they have a lot of fun doing that. So if you if you write something that you think we would be interested in, uh, do send it to us. We we don't pay you for this. We obviously can't afford to because we can't afford anything. Right. But we would love to be able to put it on the air. We'll certainly give you full credit. However, if you want your scripts back, you have to include a self-addressed stamp return stamped envelope uh, in order to in order for us to mail it back to you. Uh, so what else? What's happening with you? Oh, uh, not a heck of a lot. It's uh, It's been a busy week, and uh, thank goodness it's over. But uh, Thank goodness uh, it's over. Isn't that terrible, the way we wish our lives away? Well, <laughs> yeah, not really. We wish really. from weekend to weekend. Well, you have to. You no, have you to, don't. You have to live from day to day. And no, just uh, from you Friday know. to Friday. <laughs> That's all. From talk track to from talk track. From talk track to talk track, exactly. You got it. We should, uh, we should tell people how to uh, reach us here. That's a good idea. Uh, if you're in the Southern California area and would like to join us live on Talk Trek across the country, the convention on the air, just uh, dial 818-352-7152. What was that number? That's 818-352-7152. Or if you're anywhere else in the uh, sound of my voice, w whether it be through cable or uh, through satellite, uh, dial one 800 336 Two 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 five. That's one eight hundred three three six. Cable. Just spell it out. Right. And if you're interested in sending us a fax, our fax number is eight one eight seven six four one nine three two. And talking about faxes, I have to tell you, we got a fax from Corin Alexander today. And I want to thank you, Corin, for sending this into us. Last week we were talking about the fact that there were never, I was complaining, that there were not any Vulcan characters right. on Star Trek The Next Generation or Deep Space Nine to, to talk about. And uh, Corin went to the trouble of telling us each and every show on Deep Space Nine and The Next Gen in which there was a Vulcan. <laughs> and there were 13 of them. So oh they were not goodness. as missing as I thought they were. There, were n there have been nine episodes in which they've appeared on uh, The Next Gen. Hi. Oh, hi, Dave. <laughs> Welcome. Nice of you to drop by. Mr. Rossi is in the building. Yes, he has arrived. We can all relax and go to sleep now. Fresh, fresh off the set of <laughs> Star Trek The Next Generation. And he's going to tell us all about what happened today. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Here's your applause waiting for you. All right, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a seat in the conference they room. They go on forever once you give these guys an inch to applaud. Yes, yes. Dave, you're pushing it. So anyway, uh, thank you again, though, Karin, for that information. Uh, this is really interesting. I didn't. I had no idea that there was... That, yeah, but they were. When I look at it, they were there, okay. So what else? Um, the the uh, Star Trek pins. We're still giving away Star Trek pins. pins. Beautiful Cloisonne Star Trek V pins. Right. So if you're I interested know. in getting one of those, all you have to do is send us in a uh, self-addressed stamped envelope to, to Talk, Talk Trek. Trek. You want to say it together? <laughs> <laughs> go right. ahead, go ahead. P.O. Box 7401-725-725, Studio City, California, 91604. And the reason we started to say it together is because Dave knows I can't, uh, Darren knows that I never can find the address. So he was prepared with it, but I Dave knows. Him. Dave knows that, too. Dave knows <laughs> that, too. Both of you guys know We're that. We're oh, all beginning to catch you? on. Yeah. <laughs> but I have a nice big print now, so I can, I can find it for a change. Excellent. We have a couple of phone calls, but uh, before we pick it up, I do want to mention that we do have a guest tonight. Guest? Uh, yes, yes. Oh, gosh, we're going to have, we have guests lined up straight through to February. We're, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, but our guest tonight is uh, Steve Harris. Now... Steve Harris, who's that? Okay. Well, I'll tell you if you'll just <laughs> kind of relax a little bit. Uh, Steve is a, a member of Chrysler's Jeep and Eagle engineering staff, and he is the creator of a Starship Combat Simulator. A Starship Combat Simulator. Yes. And the ad for this is one of the most intriguing ads I have ever 
scene. The ad says, wanted, starship captains and crew. Five positions needed need to be filled. Captain, helm, engineering, operations, and weapons. Warning. Combat with enemy starships is expected. It's what we've trained our entire life for. That's right. This is going to be a kick and a half. So we're going to talk to Steve about what that is all about. It's, it's something revolutionary. So this, is, this is something that you can actually go in and do. Yeah, it is. Yes. Wow. It's not just a computer uh, uh, thing that you're looking at. It's not just a matter of um, uh, it's not a video game. It's, a it's not. It's not a video game. It's a simulation. It's a simulator. You're honest, and they and they say that people actually forget th and they begin to feel that they're actually on a ship. You have to train for it before you can even use it. It is so high tech. Oh, it's a very exciting. Well, Darren thing. and I don't need to train. We don't well, need to train. We've well, watched we enough episodes. That. We know what's going my on. My God, I lost my head. <laughs> and we're going to be uh, something else that's interesting. We're going to be having Nana uh, visitor, Nana visitor. I now know how to pronounce her name because. I spoke to her, and she said, Mama. Yowza. Yes, isn't that pretty? <laughs> okay. What's happening with you, Dave? Uh, uh, big, uh, big things in the uh, Dave Rossi world, actually. Tell us, tell us. I know one little thing, but I'm not going to say it. I'm going to leave I'll it to you. I'll say that's a last, but uh, oh. uh, the first thing, yeah. uh, tomorrow night at uh, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time, Comic Relief airs on HBO. Uh, and that's where Whoopi Goldberg, Billy Crystal, and right. Robin Williams get together, and they yeah. uh, try to raise money for the homeless. I think it's like a five-hour show. Yeah. Well, a couple months ago, they came to The Next Generation wanting to know if the actors would like to do a skit to promote comic relief. Uh, and so, of course, they were very amiable to doing it, and they had me write it. Oh, you're kidding. So, you uh, never told us that. Yeah, so the skit that airs tomorrow, it'll be in the second hour of comic relief, airs tomorrow. And it was very exciting to watch it. To watch your words come out of someone you else's mouth. Sneaky oh. little devil. It was neat. And the Dave, cast that's did a, great. They did a wonderful job. It's hysterical. Oh, that's great. It's I am great. so proud of you. Who wrote this garbage? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. No, they, they all... That's actually, actually, wonderful. that's... A, you're right. But, um, <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, that's not bad, having... having uh, uh, is Goldberg going to... No, the only two cast members who are not in it is Patrick Stewart who is over who was at the time overseas doing a, a Christmas Carol and Whoopi Goldberg who's not in if, but a picture of If I had known I would have gotten Bill Shatner for you or Leonard Nimoy. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> well it's funny because a picture of Whoopi appears and they play a, a gag on that. Which I is kind of funny which you can probably imagine. Um, but uh, uh, and also a friend of mine and I just sold a story to Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh God. Is this guy is this guy talented? So uh, that's What are you going to do one for us? Yeah, sure. Anytime. So you're let me know. You're you're well, moving on and you're uh, you're you're going to leave this us, aren't wonderful. you? You're leaving us. No, he's you're not, gonna leave not leaving. Not mm -hmm. leaving. Not yet. Nuts. We're we're probably going to have to have Dave Darren, as a guest. No, nobody never. leaves here. Nope. Except <laughs> horizontally. Nobody, <laughs> nobody leaves here. <laughs> so anyway, that's it's very exciting. Hopefully they'll use our story. They're really pushing for it. Oh, that's fabulous. Um, and uh, that's great. I actually have to meet my writing partner in uh, an hour and a half and. Uh, and we're going to keep writing. We have to turn our story in Wednesday. And if they like it, it goes into production. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, Lordy. Oh, Lord. Can you I have just made it under the wire. <laughs> yeah, just real, literally this under the wire. This is really exciting. Yeah, I hope they use it. Let's take a phone call. We have our guest on line three. Oh, Steve, are you there? Hello? Hello? Yep. Is this Steve Harris? This is Steve Harris. Steve, hi. You're live on CRN, and you're on Talk Trek, and you're talking to uh, Joyce, Darren, and, uh, and Dave. How you doing tonight? Oh, doing great, doing great. Just got done having one heck of a game. Everyone left happy with big smiles on, my, on their faces. Well, you know, uh, I was explaining a little bit about the simulator, mm -hmm. but the concept is um, it, it's really kind of confusing to those of us that haven't seen it. So I'm going to ask you to be very basic in your explanation. Is it, is it something like what we saw with the, uh, the uh, simulator on Star Trek Two? Two? Yeah. Yes, you could Is it make that a, kind of thing. You could make a very good analogy to that. Uh, there are five people in this simulation. You have a captain, a helm officer, a weapons officer, an engineering officer, and an operations officer. And you're not sitting in front of some computer on a table. You are on a set. You are on literally the bridge, and you have complete, full control of the starship. And not just for five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five minutes. You go through a complete two-hour mission. Oh, my goodness. God. And there are 16 display screens. So each, each op, um, operator or, or um, officer is in charge of four Yes, screens. that is correct. Each officer is in charge of four displays. There are, there are two on top of two, and a, so there's four in front of them. 
they pretty much fill his field of vision, and the bridge is kind of like a quarter slice out of a piece of pie. The captain sits in the middle, and the officers are in the uh, frontal curve part of the pie, arrayed out in front of the captain. So the captain's vision is filled from left to right uh, with the 16 screen, so he can take in all the information. He does get to be quite a busy person. In fact, I'm talking to you right now from the captain's chair of oh, the Starship Combat funny. Simulator. That is so common. This is just an, an All right, open her up. Dear. Um, <laughs> and you also have digital sound effects. That means that as you're firing at something, you'll hear the... Full digital sound effects. When you pre That is the magical word in this game. When people ask me to sum this thing up in one word, I say, fire. <laughs> when you press fire, it, there's no... If you can negotiate with who you want, or you can blow them to space dust. You lock on to the guy, you get a weapons lock, charge the weapon, and fire. Lights go off, sound effects go, and you feel it in your belly. You just fired, and you just blew it. Well, it depends how big he is. You can fire at something, and it goes, and you well, go, whoops, I think we better run. One of the things that you sent me was a, a mission briefing. Yes. And so I take it that that is really what the, the assignment is. Yes. You start that you have to go in and accomplish. You start off with a mission briefing. Uh, they give you the background for the knowledge of the mission, just as if you were, uh, if you ever saw a flight briefing uh, before um, fighter pilots go off on a mission. They get, to, they get familiarized with their targets, their weapon loadout, the enemy capabilities, and what is their mission objective. That's one thing that people sometimes lose track of, is you must complete your mission objective, especially in a reconnaissance mission. The underlining mission statement is, come back with your information. And this sometimes it's hard to resist a attacking those cruisers when you really have to come back. <laughs> this is unbelievable. And you, you invented this. Yes, yes. It's very, very detailed, too. For example, the engineering screen has over 110 controls on it, and that's just for the power management of the ship. Wow. <laughs> how, how long is the training course for this? The training course <laughs> four runs, years? About, it runs about an hour. Uh -huh. oh we give you the Lord. manual in advance. We mail it to you so you can study it. It's about a 30-page manual. It's uh, written very nicely. It says, give me your hand. I'm going to walk you through this step by step. We then give you a full tutorial in the simulator, and we run you through escalating levels of difficulty so that you become familiar with it. And it's about 25 to 30 minutes after people, five people are in here, they start working as one. So you don't have to be a rocket ship scientist to play it? Nope, nope. And it's all graphical user interfaces. It's just a mouse and, uh, and, a, and a numeric keypad. Really simple and really straightforward. We've had totally computer illiterate people uh, come in here and play it and walk out with a smile from ear to ear, loving it. It sounds like a, it sounds like a blast, Nev. But where, I mean, where is it? It's, is it only where you... It, do you have any of them around the United States? Or no, just no. It is only in Warren, Michigan right now. Uh, we're in the final stages of development. We've been playing games actively since October 1st. We've been actually working on the development of the system for about a year and a quarter now. And about uh, sometime around this summer, we'll be ready to offer the franchises. Wow. That's incredible. you got a great tagline here at the bottom. It says, Go Bold or Go Home. That is our logo. <laughs> go fabulous? Bold or Go Home. I love it. The whole thing is just... Uh, you know, just in reading it, it just blows me away. It says here, the Danger Class Starships use the latest technology. Yes. 16 displays, VGA yep. screens, mouse controls, yep. GUI interface, and digital sound effects. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I, that, that's more sophisticated than the bridge of the Enterprise on the <laughs> next generation set. I, uh, I don't... This, this I, is, this is well, very the emphasis is all on st uh, strategic com combat. It says. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I wouldn't want to go on a ship that's a Danger Class. I mean, I, that's, uh, well, at least it's I don't know, How about this? How would you like to fight something called a danger Okay, plan? there you all right, go. All right, that's okay. There that's fun. That's, that's better. Right. <laughs> yeah, but then we, want, we, have to, we have to be the master danger ship. Well, yeah. no, we're just we're on the kick-butt class ship. Yes, oh, yes. Okay, that'll do. The response we've had has been wonderful. If my customers died when they walked out of, this, of, my, out of the door and left, It'd take the coroner three weeks to pry a smile off their face. <laughs> I can believe it. But if that's happening, you're keeping it out of the papers, I trust. But, you know, the, so that eventually you could be uh, fighting, though, uh, or doing this inter-ship thing, uh, not just within your organization, but from, why couldn't it be from city to city? It, it, it's with no reason motives. why I can't. We've kept that in mind. We, we've developed it with that concept in mind since day one. 
if we have four simulators, not only can you have all ships fighting with each other against an enemy, but you can have them fighting against each other in a different game. Oh, that's a kick. You can actually so have you could have, well, you could have, for instance, uh, one Star Trek club here at war with the Star Trek club in another city or another state. Yes. Oh, that would be fun. So, it's, it's so we could have Klingons versus, you know. It's very much a reality-based virtual reality. Oh, I love it. Only better, because you don't have things on your head and on your on your hands. Right. right. There's no helmets, no goggles. Good. Uh, nothing. You are literally on like the set anyway. of, of a starship. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't give you Klingons and Romulans because we're based upon science uh, science fiction genre. But that can't we they? Created, but. but can't each ship create their own, however they choose? You I can mean, if name I your go ship anything you want. Yeah. So if I choose to be a Klingon ship, I can be a Klingon ship. If you want to call yourself a, a Klingon ship, sure you could. So yeah. if I if I were to do that, and I told my navigator. Uh, to set a certain course, and he didn't, I could then take out my disruptor and kill him and call him an animal? <laughs> We've had people attempt to do that. We have had people attempt to do that. But by the same token, can the crew revolt and uh, mutiny against the captain? The captain? Um, have you ever had a mutiny? That's happened, too. Oh, God, this is a panic. That's happened, some, too. Listen, we've got a lot, a lot of lot lights lot on lot. here. I want to pick up some of these calls. We've got a lot of calls coming in. Good. Hello. Hi, you're live on Talk Check, and we're talking with Steve Harris. How you doing, Mr. Hammers? Oh, doing great. It's a pleasure to be on this show with uh, One at a time. You can't you both talk simultaneously. <laughs> Who's calling? Commander Weaver. Hi, Commander Weaver. Hello, Does this Dan. sound like fun? Welcome back to the real world. Well, thank you. Such as it is. So, does this sound like fun or not? Huh? John, does this sound like fun? It sounds like a breathtaking game. I would love to get a chance with it. I would love to get a chance with it. What am I talking about? It's even sounding better than, la than the old laser tag. <laughs> well, but hop on an airplane and fly into Detroit Metro, and we got a game waiting for you. We'll warm up the engine. <laughs> Fine, I'll just get the plane tickets, and I'm there. Might prove to be just a wee bit expensive as a game. How expensive is it to play this? I mean, it's a, it's a very sophisticated operation. Once well, our, fi our final price is going to be about $40 a person, but that's for two hours. That's pretty good. That's deal. not bad. That really yeah, is bad. Yeah, we are going to price this reasonable and make it very affordable. Yeah. Okay. So the places that you're trying to target the game at in the near future, would you, you would you be targeting them at major amusement centers? Because I know those kind of the kind of game that you're talking about won't be at a local mom and pops area. We want to. Uh, that's correct. Um, we're going to. We're starting out here, uh, not in a major mall. Um, there's some stereotyping that we have to get around there, but the game pretty much draws its customers to it. Um, we're pricing the franchises so a mom and pop or organization, yes, that they can afford it. If you can afford to open a video store, you'll be able to afford to open this. So um, you won't necessarily have to go to yeah, Universal. We also want to put it into major entertainment centers, not video arcades, because this is totally the opposite of put a quarter in and shoot them up type of game. But other type of advanced amusement centers, yes, I think this would work very well in there. Any amusement companies that you might be thinking of? Because I know we've got uh, Malibu Grand Prix based out here. They have the uh, short little carts that you race with, not to mention uh, golf courses that they have in, in the video games. I'm not sure if they might be interested in this particular game, but I think they, they really might be going for it if Star Trek fans really pushed them. I'm open to any new ideas and, and suggestions. Thanks, John. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, Joyce, one thing, uh, totally not relating to Star Trek, but totally relating to astronomy. I read in a newspaper on Tuesday, January 11th, in the Daily News, they're saying that a comet will be crashing into Jupiter. Oh, Ouch. yes, I, yeah, I did yeah. read that, too. yeah. This will be an interesting astronomical sight, wouldn't you agree? Oh, I would think so. I can see it. I don't know that I'll be able to. Mm. Yeah, I thought some people might be interested well, in that. Well, Joyce, hey, I'll just turn day. on the advanced long-range sensors and beam the signal to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good enough. Thanks for calling, John. Take care, folks. Take care. Hello there. Hi. You're live on CRN, and we're talking with Steve Harris. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's calling? My name is Helen Woods. Hi, Helen. Hi, I'm in Springfield, Virginia, but I go to college in Salisbury, Maryland. Uh-huh. And I currently watch Star Trek on ABC Channel. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, after Star Trek gets put onto the Paramount Network, am I going to still be able to watch Star Trek? Well, Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine have contracts with the syndicated stations that they're already on. So we don't so have to worry about it. No, you should still be seeing those on those stations. 
Uh, Star Trek Voyager, however, will premiere on the new Star on the new Paramount network. Does that mean they won't be syndicating it? Uh, well, they will be over syndicated stations uh, as well. until it becomes a network. Uh, as they start out, Paramount's network I th- it will probably go the same route that Fox did, where it just their network aired four hours a week or something until they get their their feet planted and and uh, do what they have to do. Uh, but uh, as far as the next generation and um, well, actually, after the, after this year, you won't have to worry about the next generation because there won't be any new episodes because mm-hmm. we're wrapping. But right. uh, uh, for Deep Space Nine and reruns of the next generation, you can watch them on the same stations. One thing is for sure, Helen, um, whatever Paramount decides to do, uh, we wouldn't lose anything where Star Trek is concerned because they, they recognize that they've got to have it out there for the fans in order to make money. Mm-hmm. So even if they do go with their own uh, network, their network would indeed be on your on your cable or, or on your set. Yeah. I don't think you'd have to worry about it. Because my little town of Salisbury only has two TV stations. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Which oh, is really? Kind of a problem. Oh, how do you receive us? Uh, well, right now I'm at home on, on Christmas vacation, uh, and I'm uh, watching on my parents' cable. Oh, I see. Uh, well, but when you're in school, I see the problem. And yeah. one of those stations that you have in your town might actually be one of the stations that have decided to pick up the Paramount Network. So. Well, it's, there's one is ABC and the other is CBS. We oh, currently well, watch probably not mm. then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably not. Yeah, we currently watch on ABC. They play Star Trek Next Generation instead of Oprah Winfrey and DS9 instead of NYPD Blues. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Good. Speaks Good for very well of Star Trek, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Star Trek can uh, usurp Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yeah. Good for us. <laughs> okay, great. The Thank town you, of taste. Uh, Pardon me. The town of taste. The town of taste. <laughs> <laughs> town of taste. Thank you very much for calling. Hello. Hi. You're live. Hi. You're live on uh, Talk Trek. Hello. Whoopsie Daisy. Sorry about that. I did something wrong. I don't know what. Maybe I'll blame somebody else. Steve, are you still with me? I'm still here. Okay, good enough. I wanted to ask you how soon you think you'll be able to get this all out for general public use. Uh, Do you have any bites? Yes, yes. We've had, uh, there's lots of people standing in the crowd who aren't moving who are staring at me. And uh, (laughs) we have some uh, very good bites, and uh, we are pursuing, and we're moving as forward as rapidly as we can to distribute this. Uh, This year is going to be a good time frame. Uh, are you doing any publications or uh, publicity, or, or what are you doing? Oh yes, yes we there? are. I've had I've been advertising in a local newspaper here called Antimatter Magazine. Uh, in fact, the pub- the publisher is my publicist, Mike Fiscus, and uh, I've been putting up a lot of flyers and advertisements. And in fact, I'm going to I've been giving lots of speeches. One was to the local Star Trek club, the Intrepid, and I'm going to They're a couple a great of gaming club. We know them. I know the Intrepid, yeah. yeah. I'm giving a speech tomorrow at a large uh, gaming convention, actually, here in the uh, Detroit metro area. The thing that I find interesting about this is that it's not even remotely like a virtual reality. No, it's totally different. Uh, virtual reality kind of almost scares me a little bit. I don't know why, but I think I feel a little bit like McCoy. I don't want anybody mucking around with my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, I know it's not a, uh, a, a hypnosis, uh, I, I recognize what it is, but they, it still is an effect upon. Well, upon it's frightening. My it's sometimes frightening to think that in the near future, synopsis, people will people know. will be going home, and rather than going out to a baseball game, they'd rather go to France with their virtual reality machine. That was part of the reason we started this, That's because it. every everything was geared around put a quarter in and go shoot them up, or put this thing on your head and play this for five minutes or ten minutes. We wanted to offer a game where people work together. They must not, the game not dependent upon eye-hand coordination. It is a simulation dependent upon thinking. adventure, thought, combat, strategic thinking. Uh, reading Sun Tzu's book, The Art of War, is always a good uh, classic to read in preparation for playing this. And get uh, out and fly a starship. Right, yep, yeah, definitely. And it's, it's a two-hour game. It's not ten minutes. Right, right, right. And it's not like sitting down reading a book either. Let's take another call. Actually, we have to uh, break for a station ID. Oh, gosh, where does this half hour go? It, it just goes. Okay, stay with us, Steve. We'll be back in just a minute, right after I'm still here. station identification. America's radio station. Exclusively on cable TV. CRN. The cable radio network. The radio channel. 
If your friends want to listen to Talk Trek and they have cable, tell them to call their cable company and ask which channel CRN Cable Radio Network is on. If their cable company does not carry CRN, tell them you want it because you want to listen to Talk Trek badly. Then call us at 818-352-71152. Love that. Hi. You're back on Talk Trek. Was I talking when we were on the air? Probably. Okay. Um, I didn't say anything wrong, did I? No, not good, yet. Good, good. Anyway, Never. you're listening to uh, Talk Trek, the convention on the air. And uh, we're talking with Steve Harris, who's the inventor of this Starship, Starship Simulator. Simulator. Oh, God, he gets so excited. Don't <laughs> sh- He's shouting. He gets, he gets carried away. <laughs> I mean, he really is enjoying this. Well, it's easy oh, to get sorry. carried away. Uh, that, don't apologize. That kind of energy is wonderful. If you'd like to, uh, Especially if you, at 11 o'clock at night. Go ahead. If you listeners would like to join us uh, live here on CRN, if you're in the Southern California area, you can dial 818-352-7152. That's 818-352-7152. Or anywhere else in the Sound of My Voice uh, with the cable radio network or on satellite, uh, you can dial 1-800-336-2225. That's 1-800-336-CABLE. Right. And if you get a busy, just dial back. We're here. Let's take another call. Hello. You're live on CRN. We're talking with Steve Harris. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's calling? This is Gina from San Luis Obispo, California. I'm sorry. Could you speak up? Hello. Yes. We can yes. hear you. This is Gina. Hi. From San Luis Obispo, California. Hi, Gina. Hi. I... Uh, reg- I am calling in regards to the Star Trek you've been talking about. Uh-huh. Okay, now, is there going to be a Spock on, on the new generation? Uh, I'm sorry? Is there going to be a Spock? Yes, uh-huh. On, uh, the, n- on the next generation? Yeah, on the next, on the next uh, yeah. episode, uh, on, the, on the next um, series that they bring out, The Voyages? Yes. We don't know yet. Oh. Uh, they're, they're, everything is very much in the talking stage, and uh-huh. we are not 100% sure. But I do have somebody who's coming in online, too, who may have some rather interesting information for us. So uh, w- stay tuned, Gina, and uh, give a listen to this next caller. Hello? Hello there, Bill. Are you there? I'm here. Hi. Listeners, we have a real treat for you tonight. This is Bill Campbell, William Campbell. Hi. Hi how are you? I'm good, Joyce. Is that you I'm speaking? Yes, it is. God and you're live. You. You're live on CRN. Uh, terrific. We're terrific. talking nationwide. How is? Oh, how are all my Trek friends? <laughs> They're just fine. Fantastic. That's <laughs> yeah? great. But how are, you, how are you, my favorite Klingon? Well, uh, I'm your favorite Klingon. Oh, I mean, it's a little surprising, uh, but uh, we are uh, reprising Captain Koloth on, uh, on Deep Space Nine, and we will start shooting on the 25th of this month. And for the next two weeks, we I will be working with Michael and Sarah and... Uh, and uh, John, is it John Calavos? Calicos. Calicos, yeah. Oh. And the three of us are being reprised. We're going to be, we're going to raise some hell in Deep Space Nine, <laughs> I can tell you that. The three original Klingons. The big three. The big three. Uh, the big three are going to come in and we're going to take the place apart. I saw, I went over today, <laughs> uh, the, uh, you know, it's a strange thing, time marches on, you know, and uh, because I come out of the era of Gene Roddenberry and, and uh, Gene Kuhn and Bob Justman, whom I still see, mm-hmm. and, oh, and you're uh, great names uh, you here. know, it was a different, different, uh, different atmosphere. And I went up there today, and Michael and Sarah was there, and and uh, I, I met a few people, and they were they they uh, I met the writer uh, as we were walking in. As a matter of fact, I said, uh, "Can you show me where the Cooper Building is? Because they've changed so much down at Paramount. You know, they put in all kinds of parking areas." And, Things that they didn't have before, right? And uh, and the writer, the the uh, I guess it was the director guy by the or the producer guy by the name of Bear, B E H R. He said, uh, "Right over there, Bill." He said, "We'll be right up." So when when they came up and I went in, I I uh, they when I was uh, Mike went in first and and he was there for about a minute and a half and he came out and I walked in and I said, "My dear Captain." <laughs> well, you would have, I mean, it was like hitting somebody between the eyes because these guys had seen trouble with tribbles, you know. 
and uh, and uh, I think what they did with Michael and I coming in, they just wanted to see if we if we had osteoporosis yet. <laughs> Far from it. But when they saw that we were in what could be called, I suppose, uh, good shape, oh, uh, they were uh, they were absolutely elated. But they didn't uh, say it was a go. They simply told me that there was a show that they were doing. I met the writer, and there were then the group of people there. They're very sweet. I was there about two. Three minutes, and I walk out uh, uh, side, and I was exchanging. Uh, I live. Uh, Mike and Sarah lives right close to where I live. He lives up in Calabasas area. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're more than a mile away from each other, too. And um, he was elated to see me. I hadn't seen uh, Michael and Sarah in a long, long while, and we we discussed uh, uh, the the show itself. Yeah. However, we we did not get script today. They're still in the writing stage, but they. But, but uh, I expected to wait uh, another week or two before I heard from them. But my God, we no sooner put my little tootsies in the house, <laughs> and the phone was ringing off the hook, and it was the, the producer uh, calling me to tell me it's a go. They're going to go on the 25th. It's going to be an exciting show. Uh, I We're going to make it an exciting show. Oh, I, I have no doubt you, about that. Uh, Are they going to put bumps on your foreheads? Th- well, that uh, it, I found out that, that they are going to do. They're going to slap the old carbuncle up there. But uh, I said to Michael and Sarah, I said, did, you, did they do it? Were you uh, uh, with me with the widow's peak and the little He said, yeah. So I was a little surprised they were going to do this. I said, well, what could you explain to me, uh, just for kicks, the evolution of that? And they said, well, uh, the evolution in this case, although... Uh, because you were Klingons, you don't have the same time frames, but it's an 85-year break between... And you between grew the, the time They have seen you before, and they <laughs> see you now, although you're not uh, 120, you know. So uh, we're, evidently, we're going to be antagonists, I would think. This is the way it smells to me. The, uh, they did not have a name of the show. They had a working title called The Beast. <laughs> I don't know which one they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to see you guys. It. You guys mixing it up with, uh, uh, with um, what's his name there? Armin Shimmerman, Quark, has got to be funny. Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to be uh, wild. And is there a woman in Deep Space Nine that was a man at one time and that kind of thing? Right. Yes. yes. Well, that particular character evidently is going to have a lot to do with us. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting situation. You know, I She's was also very amazed. pretty. Huh? She's also very pretty. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I understand. I've seen her, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, um, I was a little shocked because I cannot tell you how many writers I know and how many people have been submitting uh, scripts for uh, Delancey and I, for Q and, uh, and the right. Squire. That would be interesting. Yeah, and I think that that will be uh, uh, that will be an inevitable one. And I will talk to them about it when I'm when I'm on the show. Well, well the squire would now be thrown up. Bet because if you get Delancey and I, I mean, we're you, you'll get us at a price if you'll if you if you use the two of us at the same show. <laughs> he, he, I know he's dying to work with me, and <laughs> and, you, and there's so many things you can do with a squire and uh, Q. You know? Oh, it could be funny. It'd at, be wild. At conventions, weren't you two uh, doing a uh, a skit that you you well, we put do together? a radio show? That's and right. We include other people who are fans, but that thing has been so successful. Uh, that radio show. The deal. I'm, 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 I'm great for old time radio because you know there was some damn good science fiction radio. You know. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, true. Some what, great stuff. When are you guys going to come on uh, Talk yeah, Trek and do it? Exactly. Well, we, I, listen, I think if you uh, if you had enough people there to play the other roles, I think that if I called Delancey, he'd love to do it. I think we, we could round up a couple. You just tell us how many you want. We'll come up with them. Okay. We'll no be talking, Joyce, and we'll get it done. Okay. Great. Great. But I'll keep you posted on what's coming down on this and how it goes and that kind of thing. And then uh, one night uh, I'll come running out there when you need somebody. Wonderful. <laughs> we'll We'd love it. it. Anytime. Bill, Joyce, thank would it you be so okay much. if Teresa gives you a call? My wife tomorrow, she wants to talk to you about I something. would love to talk to her. Absolutely. You okay. got my number. I can call at that number, 764-1932. Thanks a lot. You gave it everybody. <laughs> That's Good the <enough>. ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I, Thanks. 
I said it quickly so that they couldn't write it down. <laughs> Thank you, Bill, very, uh, listen, very much. It's good talking to you, folks. I hope all is going well. All is and going good. And you give my love to Michael Horn and tell him I'll be in, getting in touch with him next week. I will indeed. Yeah, well, one of the problems was, you know, I we threw, Teresa and I had a, well, she didn't want, but it wasn't, it wasn't her problem, but... I uh, we had a pre-Christmas dinner and some guy came here and he was on the verge of pneumonia. Oh He kept Lord. coughing in my food and I got uh, that was prior to Christmas. Luckily, I had the tree and everything up. And then I I got the flu, the likes you have never seen. <laughs> oh God! And we just took Christmas and New Year's and threw it in the dumper and said. <laughs> That's all right. I had the flu. Only Wait mine for 94. was. I got the flu. I got it just as I started a cruise in the Caribbean. Oh my. God. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've got lots of things to report to you when I do come out about Fantasticon in Vegas in 95. Oh, I'm excited about it's that. It's going to be a wild one. If you can believe it, we could not get a date until July of 95. It's wow. going to be one of the biggest cons ever Oh, it'll be in a Vegas. It's going to take remember. over the whole city. I assure you. It'll, you guys be. get out there, get ready. You're going to have a blast. Oh, it's going to be a blast. A five-dayer. Bill, you're doing exciting things. This has really been fun. It is fun. Okay, I look forward to talking to Therese tomorrow. And thank you for calling tonight. And thank you for taking me on. Oh, we love you. Okay, you I take love care. you. Okay. Night, night, everybody. Night, night, bye. Night, night. Steve, are you still with us? I'm still here. Hi, was that great? What a fun thing that's going to be when uh, that uh, that show comes on. Captain oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. The three of them together. And Kang. And Core. And Core. The whole three of them. The three Ks. Oh, it's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, where did Worf come from? Hey. It should have been Kawarf. <laughs> Let's take it. <laughs> that was pretty good. I like that. Tell that to him. <laughs> Steve, hang on. Let's take another caller. Hello, you're live on CRN. And you're on Talk Trek. Hi, this is Dave. Hi, Dave. Where are you Hi, calling Dave. from? Uh, Lancaster, California. Hi, Dave. Did you hear? Uh, have you been listening to the show? Uh, I just started listening a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Where are you call you're calling from, Alexa? Did you get us on CRN or do you get us on uh, satellite or what? Uh, CRN. Okay, great. Yeah, I wanted to ask uh, Steve, is there an address we can write to get more information about this combat simulator? Yes, yeah. there is. In fact, uh, the best thing to do is give me a phone call and leave me your name and your mailing address. And uh, I'll get back with you, and I'll also put you on the mailing list for the newsletter. What's uh, the number? The number is yeah, give us the number. The number you can reach me at is 313-758-7363. It's a lot easier to give out a phone number over the radio than it is an address. It's long. Yeah, That's it's right. It's easy to write it down, too. And okay. one, one more time, it's 313-758-7363. Three one three seven five eight seven three six three. I'll give it out before we uh, end this evening. Have you got that, Dave? I've got it. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. I'm enjoying your show, and I can start listening uh, every Friday now. Great, great. thank you. Love okay. having you call in. Go okay. bold or go home. <laughs> you like that? Go bold and go home. I love it. I yeah. made it. So, uh, so anyway, tell us a little bit more about this now. The Starship, uh, uh, Starship Combat. Where did you get the idea from? Oh, I've been doing interactive board gaming strategic board gaming for about the last five years, and I've always just sitting there watching the ships on the board going, I can make one of these, I can make one of these. And, and one suddenly day, you did. Excuse me? And one day you did. Yeah, one day I did. But, you know, I, it seems to me that you sort of crossed a barrier with this, that once this kind of thing is invented, uh, it's almost a no-holds-barred uh, future. We leaped the barrier. We jumped right over it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly that's exactly what I mean. I mean, we've gone now beyond the computer games, which we all thought was the ultimate, you know, and virtual reality, and we've gone really right by to where we're actually experiencing something. Yep, what do you see as the next step up, or have you? This is a flight simulator or a combat simulator. It's the very essence of what they are in the military. Uh, the level of detail I said we put in this thing is extraordinary, and we add detail to it every week. It gets more and more complex. Right now, you have one type of missile. We're adding four more types of missiles, missiles that are steerable, have uh, programmable warheads. In fact, some of them have high-speed boosters, kind of like an ASRock in the modern Navy. It launches out at high speed for about five minutes, and then it goes and seeks a target. And oh they, they got to run. That's wild. Tell me, does the captain, though, uh, he doesn't seem, he doesn't have direct access 
to the simulators. That is the captain's job to conduct the orchestra. Oh, okay. And the captain becomes a very busy man. The players are not acting individually. They are acting in accordance with the captain. The captain will say, Helm, come to course, 270 speed, 250. Engineering, need more power to engines? Oh, I love it. Start charging the weapons. Weapons officer, uh, target streams number 1, 2, and 4 on targets 5, 6, and 18. Oh, I want to be a captain. What? (laughs) I want to be a captain. Oh, anytime, anytime. (laughs) This is this sounds like such fun, really. I'm keeping the seat warm for you right now. <laughs> I might just come out there and take a look at it. I don't know when I've heard of anything that's I've found quite as interesting as this. It's just uh, it, it just blows me away. Do you are these rooms that how how large are these rooms that they're in? These 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 the room, uh, like I said, imagine it's a, it's like a quarter a slice of of a piece of pie, and it's about 13 feet deep with five people in it. Um, mm. It's not small enough that you can bump into anyone, but uh, it's, uh, it's it's not large to hold it. Which way should I say that? It's no. small enough that you can't bump. It's large enough that you can't bump into anyone. It's small enough that it's just jammed full of electronics, lights, and speakers and sound effects. Mm-hmm. So you could really have several of these rooms going on one locale. Easily, easily. In fact, uh, the plan is to have four in any one location. That's the most economical way of doing it. People would really have to start booking these things in advance in order to be able to get on their ship. On their ship, autom- automatically I'm uh, attributing it to, to a person. And, and it's good because it's a, it's a good half-day event that you can uh, you know, spend, spend some time really getting into it. Yes, and once you're familiar with the simulator, once you've been through it once, you can come back and play a half-hour mission that's just go get them, blast them up, shoot at them combat. I imagine that's pretty popular. Yeah. Yes, or you can come back and you can play for the two-hour strategic adventure type of mission. And can you become more and more sophisticated as time as you become oh, uh, yes, yes. more adept The mission you play on your first time is nothing like the mission you'll play on the second or third uh, game. In fact, I sent you the mission briefing. The one you start with is yeah. the raid on the Qatari shipyards, and the uh, next more advanced mission that is the reconnaissance of Task Force. You mean that's the easy Kilo. one? The Qatari shipyards is the easy one? That's the easy one. Oh, my Lord. Yes, and right now we're working on a six-part Saga, just like a movie, it's yeah, a six-part re- series. You go from series one to series two to series three, and each series is about an hour and a half to two hours long. Well, this reads your mission. It goes into an explanation of what the Qatari ship is, where it came from, and what the what the uh, history of it was. And then it says, uh, your mission is to enter the shipyards and destroy all cargo vessels. You have a weapons-free clearance to fire on all targets of opportunity. If your ship is opposed, destroy the opposer. Start at coordinates 25,000 by 25,000 and take a heading of 45 degrees, I'm automatically lost. Yep. That's it. That's well, right I'm now the game is in two dimensions, X and Y, kind of how many movies are. But uh, we have all the software programmed to do three dimensions. We just haven't turned it on yet. But uh, it's going to give new meaning to uh, Z minus 25,000 meters. This because you'll actually incredible. be able to fly the ship in total three dimensions. The enemy just won't be to the right or to the left. He might be above you. This is incredible. I love this. This your danger class light cruiser has had some structural enhancements. <laughs> it will take at least forty thousand units of internal damage to destroy your ship. Yep. However, the ship is nearly crippled at around twenty thousand units. Oh, so when you start taking internal damage, you know it. Oh Lord. What so the, uh, what happens when you start taking internal damage? When you start damage? taking internal damage, you get this very sickening sound coming over the PA system that sounds like your hull crunching and <laughs> and I got a bunch of 200-watt light bulbs sitting underneath the main deck that you can't see. And in fact, the first time uh, one of my crews ever took internal damage, the four officers were sitting in front of the captain. They took internal damage. The whole thing just lit up brilliantly underneath their laps, and all four chairs got pushed back simultaneously. And they're going, what was that? That's a new feature. <laughs> I think this is very, very exciting. It's a lot of fun, and it's something that uh, we really look forward to uh, to seeing happen. You know, know. what's really fun is, is, is my main playtest captain. You still there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I lost the first <laughs> We're just my getting some subspace captain. Right. We have our own way of taking care of ships here. Ah! <laughs> my main playtest captain was a commanding officer on a 688 nuke sub for five years. This guy is something to watch in action. He's, he's my main playtester. When we, when we want to 
uh, go through new features and try them out, we call in Drew. You call him what? We call in Drew. His name oh, that's is his name Silver. is Drew. I we call in Drew, and <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's really a pleasure to watch this guy in action, especially with his formal Navy education. The simulator just takes on an atmosphere of its own, and all of my play testers have said one thing about Drew. He is a man I could place my life in his hands. Well, that's great. You know, I want to thank captain. you, Steve, really for being with us tonight. This has been, uh, this, I'm looking forward to hearing more about this as you progress with it. Oh, keep, I'd be more than happy to come back. Us. Keep in touch with us. Let us know what's happening, uh, you know, as, as you progress, as you begin to, especially as you begin to get the simulators around the country. I will. Let me give you my phone number one more time for Please those people do. who missed it. 313-758-7363. And remember, have you ever wanted to be inside a starship? Well, now you can. Go <laughs> bold or go home. <laughs> Great. Thanks for being with us tonight. It's a pleasure, Joyce. Anytime. You take care. I got the seat warm for you. Good, good. I'll be there one of these days. We'll be talking to you. Okay, thank okay. you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, the lines are open, guys, so why don't you uh, pick up the phones and give us a buzz. The numbers are in the uh, local uh, 818 area. It's 818 352 7152. And if you're outside of that area, it's 1 800 336 2225. So give us a buzz. Let's hear from uh, the East Coast. I haven't heard too much from That's you right. guys we tonight. We have uh, about 10 minutes or so yeah. to, uh, to open line. Open Whatever line. you want to talk exactly. about. Exactly. I wanted to talk a little bit about this, uh, this uh, thing that Bill Campbell called in about tonight. Um, we didn't get a chance to introduce Bill because we didn't expect him to call. So, yes, but it was a nice, it was a nice surprise. That's right. Uh, most of our listeners, I think, will remember him from the original series. He played two parts. Uh, he played uh, um, Captain Koloth in yes. The Trouble with Tribbles. Right, but he also played. He also played the Go squire. Ahead, you do it. Are you challenging me to a duel? <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. The, the squire of Trelane. The the naughty little boy. Yes. In yes. outer space, right? That would be an interest, that would be a fun thing to see. Um, recreated. Q. Oh. Q and Q and, and Trelane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Trelane, it's eighty-five years later now. Is he grown up or is he still a bratty little kid? And was he a Q he to begin with? Oh, that's an idea. I never even thought about that. Oh, what an idea! Maybe he was a Q. Yep. Never know. Yeah. They never really explain. Son of a gun. Leave it to the original series to come up with all the original ideas. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like that not, one, Dave? Not all of them. <laughs> that was a good one, though. But anyway, I still think that will be uh, that will be a tremendously funny, funny script. It has to be. Hello, you, hello, you're live on CRN, and you're talking on Talk Track. Hi, folks. This is Randy from Columbia, Maryland. Hi. How are things in uh, Maryland tonight? Cold as ice. Yeah. How cold is cold, Randy? Oh. And above. Oh, very God, nice. That's cold. Wind chill will be down around 30 below Ooh. tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I actually uh, I'm tomorrow I'm watching the uh, watching the Buffalo Bills play the uh, Los Angeles Raiders in Buffalo. Oh. that's going to be a cold, that's chilly one. Be cold is right. My Just take a little. Hot my favorite football you. game is when they brought the San Diego Chargers into Cincinnati at a minus 30 wind chill. Yeah, oh, there's these people from San Diego. They're like frozen stiff. <laughs> I tell you, you have to admit that's one nice thing about playing in the Rose Bowl. Out here. No, Joyce, that's <laughs> uh, the way. 70, that's for rips, Football right? was meant to be played <laughs> in the harsh extremes. <laughs> Listen, many's the game I watched in those harsh, I wouldn't want to go through that again for anything. I must have been crazy. I was also 18. Makes a difference. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about that uh, simulation. Do yes. they tape that so you can keep a copy of that? Or do you just simply go through it? Well, that's an interesting that's question. That's an interesting idea. Because uh, I would think that if you, you know, if it's two hours long, you could put it on a regular video cassette. Probably. And you yeah. could uh, watch it and, uh, you know, possibly uh, keep track. So the next time you go back, you could try something else. Maybe. Yeah, give, yeah, give Steve a, a call. That's a good idea. Oh, Absolutely. Okay. And recommend it to him. Yeah, because the uh, first thing I thought was, boy, I would want a copy of that. You know, I would want to have something. Isn't that a wild idea, though? Yeah, it's a great. Oh, it's uh, great. I wish they would come around and do that. I, I thought know. the Star Trek adventure was interesting. And uh, I've seen some people who have been in it, and uh, it sounds terrific to me. I like this even more because you really are running the ship. Yep. It's not something that you're in. It's not that much. It's make-believe, but it's not that much make-believe because you're actually creating your own scenario. Right. You I either blow yourself up or you succeed. I could just see myself the night before practicing going, fire! <laughs> fire, warp two, you know. 
Well, you know, it would be really the ultimate, uh, the ultimate fantasy for a Star Trek uh, fan. We could, you know, we could wear our uniforms. That's, it, that's <laughs> the thing I thought is people could come in dressed as Klingons Absolutely, if they wanted. whatever, and go in and just have a really great time. You, you could be anything you wanted to be. I, li I like. Mm. I think it's, I think it's very, very novel. But I can see where it's going to take some time. Oh, but it's to market. Yeah. yeah, to the market it. You know, the fact that he's only going around forty dollars. So I thought it went, as soon as I said, it, man, it's going to like be a thousand dollars for pop. Yeah, no, but no, that no. kind of thing. Somewhere along in there, he needs some video cameras to tape the yeah. uh, what's happening. And eventually, that would just blow me away. I would imagine eventually prices would even come down on it yeah. as uh, as it becomes more and more successful. But I can see where something like this is eventually going to be all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. Now let so. me ask you one other question about what uh, Bill Campbell said. Are they yeah. going to be playing their original roles? Yes. On yes, oh, is they, they, so they are. are going to be Kang and it's like yes. And, and Apparently so. They're the over the wow. hill gang coming back. The rat the over the, <laughs> the over the hill. Now they've got over the head. <laughs> yeah, right. Well. Boom, boom. Yeah, I can't believe they're going to put the, the, the bumps on. That doesn't make any sense. No, I have to agree with you on that. I would rather see them as the uh, original. Right. I mean, that would be the perfect opportunity to explain why they look, well, why the they look different. How the changes place. Well, it, it's just a different, different race on the same planet, that's yeah. all. But they're still Klingons, just like we're still humans. That's right. Well, interestingly enough, a friend of mine submitted a script to the next generation about this. In which they, he, he postulated that this was uh, uh, a genetic experiment on the Klingons' part to come up with people who would be more easily accepted by the humans whom they encountered from the Federation. That's an interesting idea. That, that's kind of a, a widely accepted uh, a theory, actually, is that the, the Klingons we see on uh, the next generation in the feature films are actually true Klingons. Right. And that the, uh, the ones we saw in the original series were, were made to, to interact with humans more easily. I never thought of that. I always figured that it was just a matter of different races. Mm. Just uh, like that. I mean, you should see what Dave Rossi looks like. I mean, you know, we don't it's mind true. the fact that he's got, you know, three ears. Yeah, and, uh, that, that eye you in know? the middle of my forehead, that kind of <laughs> throws people off. Well, I kinda uh, at least one good thing about the Klingons, it sounds like their retirement package is interesting if you get to meet uh, Jed the Dax. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> good got, heavens. Oh, can't you see these three, these three gentlemen? With uh, with uh, with her, oh, gentlemen. Very I'm using <laughs> the word very loosely. This is going to be hysterically funny. I don't even think you can use that word. <laughs> well, <laughs> those three are dangerous. Remember, together. Michael and Sarah used to be married to Barbara Eden. Yeah. So, you know, he's. Uh, he's uh, I, th I think he's pretty much used to that kind of. Thing. Yeah. I don't think you ever get used to that <laughs> kind of beauty, really. You don't. I mean, it's not like it was a car that you just sort of get used to it. I just hear Bill Campbell going, "My dear Commander Cisco." <laughs> Yeah. I'd love it, to be on that set. No, and if they they have got to do a Q Squire, oh, it's going to be great. I would pay real money, as McCoy would say, to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to watch the whole the whole process. I mean, because oh. I got a hunch. I don't know, but I just think they would really uh, ham it up and have a lot of fun on the set. So I, the I just think it'd be a blast. Be great. Well, but yeah. If you've never heard that radio show, you no. must have it because it is. It, it was written by Peter David. And it's called, uh, the title of it is Rebel Without a Q. And it's hysterically... Rebel toxic. Without a Q. Is this, yes. is this is the one that it's you're talking about that um, yes, the radio Bill Campbell show. was talking about? I've seen about? him do it twice in conventions near Washington. Oh, that's Rebel Without and a Q. It is, I tell you that it just about puts you on the floor. How many people are on that? Four. There, oh, are, there are Bill Campbell, who plays the squire, John Delancey, who is Q, and there is the principal of Gothos High... <laughs> <laughs> because Q has, got, has gotten in trouble in Gothos High, and they want to send him off to the, to the stuffy military academy known as the Q Continuum. <laughs> and uh, it is, a, and of course, uh, uh, the other person is the person in charge of the Q Continuum. And th those are the only characters that you really need uh, for the show. It, and it's absolutely thigh-slappingly hilarious. I mean, every bad gag, and I don't want to give any of them away because they're just terrific. Well, it sounds uh, great. Randy, we're going to have to go. You get to learn. Not only that, you get to learn what Q's real name is. Oh, that'll be interesting. I hope you can pronounce it. Randy, you thank you for calling. Okay. You take care now. All righty. I can't Bye. believe our time has gone by. It just flew tonight. It goes so quick. It's been fascinating. I just want to uh, reiterate for you guys that if you are interested in uh, getting a hold of us, you can through uh, American Online by writing to TalkTrek and CompuServe, 72163-COM, comma, 3071. Uh, and if you want to fax us, you can to 818 764 1932. 
and our time is up. It's been an interesting night. Uh, next week, we're going to be having a wonderful guest. We're having Anne Crispin on. Now, Anne is the, uh, uh, she's, she's the uh, writer. Uh, she wrote, uh, she, she's written a new book called Sarek, which is very, very exciting. She also did Yesterday's Son and a slew of other very so successful us next Star week. Trek books. Give me five seconds, <laughs> for heaven's sakes. In the meantime, you guys just take care of yourselves. We love you. Don't drink and drive. And God bless. Live long and prosper. Good night. See you next week. The party's over, thanks to Mr. Spock. Exclusively on cable TV, CRN, the cable radio network, the radio channel. This is Las Vegas, sights and sounds.